Hello and welcome to another episode of the Backcheck the Hockey History Podcast, where we uh, look at the cases uh, for the Hall of Fame of various NHL players. This is an all-goalie episode, our second in a row, and this time we're doing something different. We have three players who were recently inducted. Um, my name is Riley. I'm with Bill. Hey, how you doing? All right, how are you? I'm doing all right, thanks. And uh, yes, so we have three recently inducted goalies, Dominic Hasek, inducted in 2014, his former teammate at Belfort, inducted in 2011, and Rogi, or Rogi, you say? Rogi, yeah. Rogi uh, Vachon, um, who was inducted in 2016. Um, so two goalies with really similar, um, have some connection, and then one who has no connection to either of them. <laughs> but that's the way it worked out. Um, so uh, we are going to start uh, with the dominator, um, a goalie who I think it's safe to say, Bill, you and I both view as probably at his peak anyway, the best goalie either of us had ever seen play. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much single handedly won a gold medal. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and, and almost won a Stanley Cup, uh, yeah. single handedly too. Um, uh, <laughs> I have bad feelings so weirdly it despite the fact that i i i'm still in the opinion that buffalo should have won that series i also had bad opinions about that sabers team because you know they they beat the Leafs handily yes um, they, did. they they rather ridiculously beat the Leafs. it actually looked like the Leafs are going to win that series and then it was like no you forgot about hashik you're you have no chance i i feel like hashik even missed a game or two in the series um if memory serves wouldn't want to swear to it. Um, have to look at. And then you have to look at Steve Shields, or maybe maybe you just played them two years in a row, and Steve Shields got in there. Well, yeah, it's entirely possible that it, it's it's twenty plus years later. I could totally be conflating series. I just I feel like uh, oh yeah, he played every single game. So no, I'm conflating with a different series. Um, we probably played them the year before, like you said. And uh, anyway, that was a long digression. It's not important. Um. So Hajek played from 1990 until 2002. He then uh, retired, and then he unretired almost immediately and played another five seasons. So that's about 16 seasons. 11 uh, as the starter and one as the sort of 1A. Um, he did have a very strange, strange career. I guess less strange because he's a goalie, because it's fairly common for goalies to like take off in their... Like, he's not the only goalie who's had his career take off in the, his late 20s. That's but, like, given how, like, I mean, Tim Thomas, you know, be a, yeah. a more recent example. Um, but, like, he he did, like, he was drafted, you know, a really long time before he, uh, he debuted. And uh, he didn't, uh, you know, he didn't uh, play in 30 games until he was 29. So, um he had a strange career, and then of course the fact that he also uh, retired partway through and then unretired. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, so he is 14th all-time in wins. He is obviously the first check in wins. He is uh, second check in losses. He is not in the top 25 in losses, I don't think. Um, he also has the most, uh, you know, ties slash overtime losses of any check player in the 25th all-time. He has the sixth most shutouts, despite um, um, being uh, 24th in games played. So that's something. Um, he's also first check in games played. You'll be shocked to learn. 
<laughs> he's 23 all-time in minutes, first check. He is 24th all-time, like I said, in games played. He is 11th all-time in point shares of all players, despite being 24th in goalie games played. And uh, he is uh, third all-time in goals saved above average, behind only uh, Tony Esposito and Patrick Waugh. And that is, of course, playing way fewer games than Patrick Waugh. And I don't know about off the top of my head about Espo. Uh, can you call Tony Esposito Espo, or you can only call Phil Espo? Probably. I don't know. Anyway. You probably uh, Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know how many games Tony Esposito played off the top of my head, but Patrick Waugh, as we talked about last episode, played you know, a fair number more than that. And yet, so, so goal save above average is a cumulative uh, stat um, that, like, is hockey references way of estimating how much better than the league average goalie they were. And the fact that Hashik is third all time, despite only playing in 735 games says something about Hashik. Um, his goals against average is seventh all time, 220. And he's also the first check. And it's really, this is, uh, this is something I really wanted to uh, mention, uh, Bill, is that of all uh, six goalies who are ahead of Hashik, Every single one of them started their careers prior to the original six era. So they're all old timers. So Hashik is not only the, in terms of GAA, the best modern goalie post expansion goalie, but he also has better, a better GAA than anybody in the original six era. Of course there's qualifiers. Uh, I don't remember what the qualifier is for GAA. It's it's a certain number of, uh, you know, starts and goals against and some formula, but like, the fact is, like, he would be first if you if you didn't include anyone who played three original six. Yeah. Um, and he is, of course, first all time in save percentage as well, um, which is not really a surprise to anyone who saw him play. Um, though, g- given his deteriorate, his like his not so great final season, sometimes it's it is. Yeah, well, he, he, he was super old. Like, what was he, like, yeah. 41, 42? Plus, he was always like hurt. Last season, yeah. Yeah, he was always hurt. Like, he always like, had a groin tear and, or a, an adductor tear. Like, he always had something going on. So, he yeah. just was never really fully healthy. Yeah. So, uh, he was drafted in 1983, which is, of course, he was. way, way before he played in the NHL. A full yeah. eight seasons, I believe. Um, and he was drafted because it was the 80s and uh, Czechoslovakia was a communist country. He was drafted 199th overall. Just like Tom Brady. <laughs> was Tom Brady drafted 199th overall? He sure was. Was it because of communism? Uh, no, it was not. <laughs> okay. At least not that I'm aware of, unless unless the Michigan Wolverines fell under the Soviet curtain and I was not aware of it. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, I just noticed it right now because I was looking through the draft year and I was like, oh, yeah. there's a there's an interesting little uh, like to have two all time greats drafted that late and specifically that number is a little weird. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so Hashik is first in the draft in his draft and wins, as you might expect. He's Dominic Hashik. He is second in losses, which is a good thing behind Tom Parasso, who is the only other uh, like major. Go- I mean, you have Bob Asenza in here and Darren Poopa. Oh. I was about to say, if you forget the poopa scoopa, we're going to have to have words. <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, uh, these are the only 300 win, 200 loss goalies in this yeah. draft. Um, he is obviously first in save percentage. Uh, by, But here's the thing. 
he's first in save percentage by um uh point two um point zero two five i wrote point two five it's point zero two five so that's like that's preposterous i mean that's because all these guys came in and played in the 80s but still like it's like it's it's um you know it's a quarter of a percent right yeah. um sorry a quarter am i getting this wrong it's uh the, 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 no it's it's more than that it's 2.5 percent um uh, like if, if it was actual out of 100 instead of out of a thousand um so uh the, he's uh anyway um he's really ahead of that and also in gaa he's way ahead um he is uh, 0.84 goals per game ahead of darren pupa um so you know that's impressive and uh it's also worth noting, though he's not first in the uh, in the draft overall among players and point shares. Steve Eiserman is by ten. He is uh, thirty point shares ahead of almost thirty point shares ahead of Tom Brasso, which would equate in in hockey terms to two dominant seasons by a goalie. Wow! So it's very clear that he is the best goalie in this draft. Yes. Whether or not he's a player, who knows? Yeah, that's what's it. It's a really stacked draft too, right? Like there's yeah. there's not just Hall of Famers coming out of this, but like significant Hall of Famers. Like you know, we've got Lafontaine and Iserman at the top. Cam Neely also in the first round. Um, you know, we've got we, and you know, some people would make this argument if we're only looking at it in terms of international hockey. This is also the Tretziak draft. So some yeah. people might say that Hashik's not the best goalie in this draft, but yeah, you know, yeah, they uh, might, they might, they might. Oh, we're talking NHL, right? Like more specifically yeah. than anything. And we, I don't, you know, maybe we'll get to Tretiak one day, but it's like purely an international. He was just so good internationally that like we should probably. And you know what? They had all the exhibition games where he just dominated. It's like clearly, if it was not for the Soviet Union not letting their players out, he would have been a superstar in the NHL. Like. It's yeah. almost like uh, we know you could do this, so therefore you're in. Um, yeah. But, you know, some people might make that argument. But uh, it's this draft is ridiculous for the number of Hall of Famers. It's crazy. And also just, like, notable, like, rock-solid players. Like, this was a – this might be the best draft I've ever seen. Um, you know, it's just the, yeah. just the first round has uh, Sylvain Turgeon, Lafontaine, Iserman, Tom Barrasso, uh John McLean, who was, you know, kind of the only guy on the Devils for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Russ Courtnell, Cam Neely, Dave Gagne, uh, Bobby Dallas, Gerald Diddick, Jeff Bukaboom, uh, a couple of coaches in here, Bruce Cassidy. Um, like, it's it's pretty uh, pretty stacked up, and that's just round one, right? Like, it goes on from there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a good draft. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think we've been over that in the previous episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely talked about it in the Eisenman episode for sure. Uh, for sure. Um, so, of course, because of various things such as the Iron Curtain, Hashik didn't come over for a while. He didn't play until 1991, and he only played in five games as a certain somebody's backup. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then he, of course, was the backup for Belfour for another season. And then, as we will talk about when we get to the... Oh, I keep doing that. I just... I. I do not list the trades in my uh, notes for goalies. I don't know why. So we might as well talk about it right now since I'm looking at it. So 
um, in a day that will live in infamy, presumably, uh, <laughs> Chicago uh, traded uh, uh, Hashik for uh, Stefan Beauregard and a fourth uh, round pick, which actually, the fourth round pick actually worked out. It was Eric Daze. Um, okay. But, I mean, yes. he's like an adequate player who I think led the team in points when they were really shitty, you know? Yeah. Like, he is not possibly the best goalie of all time, nor is this Stefan Borgard guy who I've I've never heard of. But um I mean you may have, I don't know, Bill. I don't recognize that name at all. Just looking it it kinda rings a bell, but it's like I probably had one of uh one of his hockey cards. Yeah, he was a he was a backup goalie on the Jets for like five years. That means I probably have 76 of his cards tucked away in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> um, so while we're at it, since we might as well, so we'll get the trades out of the way. Uh, so that that really, I mean, obviously they had Belfour still, but like once Belfour left, that I think Belfour, if memory serves, Belfour left in free agency. Um, so that would have. So too, yeah. Um, I'm just gonna double check that while I'm I'm mentioning it, but. Because uh, that, like, you know, I mean, the thing is, that's a really tough choice. Um, no, he actually, you know what? He was going to leave in free agency, so they traded him to San Jose. Um, but, like, it's, like, it's really, it's one of those really tough choices where you have a you have one of the best starters in the league, and you have this backup who's good. You might as well get something for it. But the fact that they got, like, a a backup who never actually played for them and a, a guy who was eventually, you know, only a first-line winger on their team because they sucked is not a lot of return. Um, so then, uh, uh, nine years later, um, when when uh, he was, there were problems in Buffalo, I don't really, I knew at the time because I was paying a lot of attention to the Sabres uh, because I, I got Buffalo TV. Um, I, I can't remember why now, but he was traded uh, to Detroit for uh, Slava Kozlov, a first-round pick um, that was eventually became Yuri Slater. Yeah, just those two things. Or sorry, no, became Jim Slater, not Yuri Slater. So that is a very different person. Um, I don't know who Jim Slater is. He was a uh, journeyman center, total 21 points in 2012. Wow, he he must have been. That's interesting. Anyway. Um, so again, not a not a haul, but of course at that point, um, Hashik was, you know, fairly old. Uh, he was uh, in his mid thirties, and um, you could even say early late thirties. And uh, it's possible, uh, despite leading the league in shutouts the previous season, that maybe Buffalo was thinking he was done. I presume there were money demands. I don't quite remember. Anyway, back to Hashik. Um's career. Uh, we have uh, we've done an error calculation like we always do. So the 29 goalies to play in at least 410 games between 1990 and 2008. He's 5th in wins, 15th in losses, 11th in total goals against, 5th in shots against. So he, he fared, faced a fair amount of rubber, as you would expect. 5th in total saves, 1st in save percentage, no shit, tied 1st in goals against average, 1st in goals saved above average by 114, which um... A, a a really good season by that metric is 25, you know, or 30. So we're talking about, like, that's three or four excellent seasons better than anybody else. Um, second in shutouts, 
And then if you limit, I I, uh, I uh, also looked at uh, what happened if you just limit it to his first retirement. And if you do that, he's ahead of in save percentage by a point zero one one, which is a lot. Um, anyway, his eighty two game average is twenty four fourteen and six with five shutouts a season. And here here's the really uh, here's the really fun one. Um, his his three year peak, which is obviously the late nineties which, you know, both corresponds to his best seasons and also the Dem Puck era, which certainly helped. Um, his, 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 his 82-game average is 33, 20, and 12, nine shutouts a season, a 932 save percentage average. Yeah, when nobody else was doing that. Yeah, and a 206 GAA, like almost two. And, and the one that for... I've been staring at goal saved above average way too many times. 54 goal saved above average, which is that's those are for people who don't know what the hell that is. That's like that's getting into the all time greatest seasons ever record books. And that is in his average for each season. So um, he was uh, good. Uh, <laughs> and nobody knew how it was the other thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he had like a mystifying goalie style that just made no sense, but it always yeah. worked. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, he would like flip over on his back, and you're like, "What are you doing? <laughs> You've left your feet. This doesn't make any sense." Um, so playoff stats: he's six, uh, he's sixty-five wins, which is twelfth all time. He has uh, he's sixth in shutouts all time, despite being twelfth in games played. He has a nine twenty-five save percentage, um, which is tenth all time, which doesn't seem that impressive. But he is only one of two goalies in the top ten to uh, debut. Uh, pre-dead puck, it's worth noting uh, that every other goalie ahead of him on the save percentage list, except for one, um, has played their entire career in the 21st century. So save percentage in the playoffs has gone up for some reason, and uh, and despite us no longer supposedly being in the dead puck era, and so everybody above Hashik, almost everybody above Hashik on the list is like a contemporary goalie. Like, um, like, like, Wick and Thomas and uh, and uh, who else is on that? Um, I think even like some of the guys uh, who have just appeared recently, like Holtby is above them and people like that. Yeah. And then uh, uh, 202 uh, GAA, which is 10th all time. I didn't notice a similar pattern there. But like, so even though he has very good playoff averages, he is, there are, there are goalies who had better, um, which is interesting. Um Oh yeah, and then his uh also if you adjust for era, his um his GAA is two thirty seven, which is third all time behind only Ken Drynan and Bill Dernan. And if you adjust his save percentage, it it goes from it's currently uh twenty nine twenty two, so it goes up to nine twenty five, and that's second only behind Ken Dryden. So at least by save percentage, he is the second best goalie ever. Adjusted save percentage and adjusted GA is the third best goalie ever. Of course, GA is a team. That as we know. So Hashik is famously or infamously the only goalie to win two heart trophies, and he won them back to back. And we talked about that. Plug to our heart series. We talked about those heart trophies. Um, yes, we did. In episode seven, I think of that. Um, he is. He was also top five in heart voting another three times. On top of that, he is the only goalie to win two uh, Pearson slash Ted Lindsay trophies as well. Um, he has 
uh, six Vesnas, which is second most ever along with Bill Durnham behind only Jacques Plant. But here's the really relevant thing, and we talked about it a little bit with Patrick Waugh and Martin Brodeur, is that Bill Durnan and Jacques Plant won Vesnas that were the what is now the Jennings Trophy. They did not win the best goalie in the league. They won the Vesna for the lowest goals against. So for the most, the Hashik has the most Vesnas since it was changed to the best goalie in the league trophy. And I don't think it's even close. He was yeah. top five in Vesna voting three other times. Or sorry, one other time, sorry. And then he has uh, three Jennings as well, which is third most ever. Um, but there's like a bunch of people with three Jennings, as you might imagine. And if you converted the old Vesna's Jennings, it would be a lot. He would be way lower down on that list. There's a lot of stuff here. Yeah. He's... Um... It's uh, it's it's pretty um, remarkable uh, to think about how, you know, he, he it took him su- such a such a long time to get to the league, and then when he first came to Buffalo, he'd have these games like he had one in the I think it was the '94 playoffs uh, against like when he first got to Buffalo, and it was like a, a I think it was a four overtime game, and they won one nothing. He made like 70 saves, and it was just like. That guy was the backup in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And that's why he left Chicago, right? He couldn't get any playing time because of Belfour. And yeah. even in that cup final that they lost to um, to Pittsburgh in four straight. Um, and I mean, P- Pittsburgh was just a wrecking crew, but everybody thought Chicago had a shot that year because they had like Ronick and Larmer. Like they were a really good team. And Belfour didn't play great through the first two games. And when they finally put Hashik in, yes, Pittsburgh still won the games, but like some of the saves he was making to keep them in the game were just like, like ridiculous. And then apparently Buffalo was trying to trade for him for like six months because they knew how good he could be. And then when they finally dealt him, that was it. Like he was, uh, you know, he was a bona fide number one and could actually, you know, play 60 games a year. And then he just went to another stratosphere. I, th- I think it was sort of like once he got used to the league, he didn't just have those one-off like incredible games anymore. It was like every night he was on and it was like good luck scoring on him. Yeah, he actually, his first season in Buffalo actually was not great. He was a backup yeah. And uh, he had an 896 save percentage and 315 GAA. But his next season, I mean, the improvement is insane. He went from an 896 to a 930. And he went from 315 to 195. And he went from zero shutouts to seven. (laughs) Improved just a little bit, eh? Just a little bit. So uh, he was, Hockey Reference has this point share metric, of course, which we talk about all the time. He is, uh, he, he led that. Four times, best player, not just best goalie, but best player four times. One of only seven players ever. Seven players, not goalies. Um, he is, uh, and like two of those would be uh, Gordie Howe and Wayne Gretzky. Third was probably Lemieux. I don't quite remember off the top of my head. Um, he was a top five player uh, six times. He was a top ten player seven times. He was a best goalie five times. He's one of only five goalies to ever achieve that. That's by goalie point shares. Um of he he didn't he wasn't quite the workhorse as uh compared to like say Bruder. he only yeah. played 70 games once so he doesn't have quite as many like great you know he only hit 40 wins once um and that was actually a year he didn't even play 70 but also a lot of that also has to do with the fact that the sabers were uh you know the sabers had nobody <laughs> offensively once lafontaine yeah. got hurt and uh and uh, then he got, and then left. I think he was traded. Um, you know, like they really like their offensive star at one point was Mike Pekka. So, yep. uh, 
I mean, and, and eventually Shatan. Um, so like they were not, you know, some of the, the the lack of wins also has to do with the fact that this was not a high scoring team. No, they would be, yeah, basically if Hashit didn't stand on his head that night, they were probably gonna lose. Yeah, yeah. Um, he did. Uh, he's one of only nine goalies to lead the league in shutouts four times. Um, he's one of only 15 goalies to have 10 shutouts twice. He is one of only three goalies to have five shutouts 10 times. The other two are Brodeur and Terry Sachuk. Um, another interesting thing, he led the league uh, in save percentage six times. Of course, save percentage, uh, the records currently date back to 1960. So the other player to do that is, weirdly, Johnny Bauer. That was a surprise wow. to me. Yeah. Um, He's one of only five goalies to ever have a, save perc- a regular season save percentage over 9.35, if I'm not mistaken. Most of those goalie- those have happened since and more recently. Um, he's one of only uh, two, two goalies to ever have a 9.30 save percentage five times or more. And the other one is Plant. Um, and he's the only player to manage uh, six seasons of nine, plus 9.25 and he is like the next guy on the list who is Plant as has four seasons, um, and he also had nine twenty save percentage eight times, which is uh, there's only two other people, uh, Lundqvist and Luongo have done it as well. But so he is in a very very exclusive club. However you want to slice it, um, he was top five in GA nine times, which is the ninth most ever. Um, he had a GA under two twice. Uh, which has only happened 22 times, or only 22 players have done that, and um, you know most of them were from the uh, from the original six era or earlier. Um, he uh, he had under 2.25 GAA ten times, and only him and Brodeur have done that. And you just there's just lots and lots of uh, um, he uh, he's the only player uh, to have a plus 50 goals saved above average four times. Which, like I said, it makes him like those seasons. Those are all-time good seasons, and uh, he he has twice as many as the next person, which I believe is Ken Dryden. Um, and like basically any way you want to slice the goal saved above average stuff, it's just him, Dryden, and Esposito. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he has. Uh, I believe he has the second most first-team All-Star appearances by a goalie. Uh, I had to guess on that one. Um. Also, there's a that peak error adjustment that uh, hockey uh, hockey future boards have done, and he's second all time in peak save percentage at 9.32, and he's first all time in something called goals versus average, which is just the goal, a different version of calculating how many goals you save compared to the league average goalie. He is by that standard the best goalie ever, or at least his peak was the best ever. Yes. It's worth noting, too, that he won some stuff outside of the NHL. He w- won the Golden Hockey Stick in the Czech Extra Liga five times, and he was also, those same years, he was rated the best goaltender um, as well. Phew! All right. We're getting there. <laughs> um, A lot of accomplishments. Yeah. He, uh, I, I, I said he was the best player on one champion, crossed out runner-up, 99 Sabres. Um, you know, Brett Hull, for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, Brett Hull's foot was in the crease. At the time, you were not allowed to have a skate in the crease when you scored a goal, but the NHL decided it, that didn't matter in the playoffs all of a sudden. <laughs> I guess no, 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 it, not, it mattered through the whole playoffs, just not once they were yeah, yeah. Uh, 
quick little yeah. overtime game and everybody was really tired. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny, you know, like I used to get really mad about hockey and they're like, whole oh, like we put the whistles away in the playoffs all of a sudden things aren't penalties anymore. But I've noticed, uh, I as I've talked about many times on the show, I've switched my allegiances over the last seven years to basketball. And actually the same thing is true in basketball. There's, despite the huge number of calls, sometimes some things that are fouls in the regular season. So it's not just hockey where they do this, but it is really annoying. I wish, like, a foul is a foul, or it's not a foul, and then it's not a foul. Anyway. Yeah, and then, like, you know, LeBron or, you know, Gretzky is always still, still going to get every single call because they're yeah. that point. In fact, not to get too far off track, but LeBron gets really mad when he gets called for a totally normal foul because he never gets called for fouls, and he gets really pissed off. And you're like, that was clearly a foul, asshole. Anyway. <laughs> I can let's, see you like him about as much as I do. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go Heat. Never thought I would say this in my life, but let's go Heat. Um, so uh, he was obviously the best player as well on the other really successful team of that era, the Sabres team that went to the conference finals in 98. Um and then he won a Stanley Cup as the starter, uh, but not the best player on the team with the Red Wings in 02. So he did win a cup. And then he was uh, also a starter on a good Red Wings team in 07 when they went to the conference finals. He, uh, as Bill mentioned, he won a gold medal, um, possibly single-handedly, as the Czech goaltender in 1998. Um, he also won a bronze in 2006 which is something i completely forgot about. um and then uh it's worth noting that he was also the starter on a czechoslovak team that went to the semifinals in the canada cup in 1987 which i had not i was not aware of um he has a a silver at the world championships in 87 he was a media all-star on two different bronze medalists in 89 and 90 and uh, he also was a the backup in 1983 on a Czechoslovakian team that that won silver as well. Um, he also won silver at the World Juniors and bronze at the World Juniors. And then he won the top goalie award on a silver medal team at the European Juniors. And he also won the extra league championship in in 2010 after he retired when he was 45. So that was a long resume. Um, the debate, of course, is not whether or not Hashik belongs in the Hall of Fame. It's, you know, is he the best goalie in history? And that's obviously a really tough thing because so much has changed over the years. And and you and I, Bill, we are a few months apart in terms of when we were born and have watched a very specific time, and some of which was, like, one of the lowest-scoring eras in the history of the sport. Yeah. When when Hashik was in his prime, but like, you know, it's we never saw Jacques Plant. You no. know, I've seen I've seen like brief clips of Jacques Plant. I, as I as I said in the last episode, I was brought up believing Ken Dryden was the best because my father went to university with him. It had nothing to do with me ever seeing him. I've never yeah. seen. I've only seen the odd clip of Ken Dryden too. Uh, like or or to go back further to uh, like Vesna especially or uh, Hainsworth or or um, any of those guys, um, Clint Benedict, you know, all the old timers, like we've never seen any of these guys play. Yeah. So we can't like. Say. We can't definitively say, yeah. but I would say in, in, in our lifetime, uh, you know, even if you want to maybe say, um, you know, 
Roy had a better career overall or, uh, you know, Ritter did because they won more at the NHL level. They were, they had greater longevity. Uh, you know, their, their stats were more consistent, blah, blah, blah. It's his peak is like so ridiculous that, you know, it's, you can't really take away those years when he was stuck in the Czech Republic and couldn't come over. You can't take away. It's certainly not his fault. No, exactly. And then those years where, you know, he actually asked for the trade out of Chicago because he's like, I, I want playing time. Like, I want to be a starter. I shouldn't be a backup. Um, and, you know, like, so you're almost 10 years into when he could have been playing in the NHL. So it's like maybe he would have had that longevity had he just been able to get over here. So it feels really unfair to punish him um, that way. But I'd say, you know, I, I think we're we're both sort of on record as both of us appreciating um, a, a a ridiculous peak more than you know longevity that is yep. below, you know not, not just a little below that but way below that uh and i'm yep. not saying oh, raw and britter are way below him but i think clearly hashik's peak is sort of unparalleled in terms of anything in hockey history that we've seen in our yep. lifetime and uh <laughs> it's i don't feel like you know i i try not to make too many baseball analogies but it, it sort of reminds me of pedro martinez where he had a little stretch where he was so dominant and so much better than any of his contemporaries. It's like, just based on that, and, and the rest of his career was fine, right? It was, you know, uh, a good career by anybody's standards, but that period where he was borderline unhittable is just like, you haven't seen stats like that in 50 years, and Hashik's the same kind of thing. It's just like, where did this guy come from, and how do we figure him out? And nobody ever did, so... Um, you know, yeah. it, the, the brilliance needs to be acknowledged and rewarded. Yeah, and I think some of this is, like, you made a good point about, like, the with the, uh, the Pedro comparison is, like, as I mentioned there when going through his long resume, is that in some cases, the only comparables he has to what he did had played 50 or 60 years earlier. Exactly. And... and yes, offense had gone down to levels that were comparable to those eras, but, like, he was the only goalie who was doing this. And any one of the things that made it so incredible is, as you mentioned, Bill, like, he had such a a style that made no sense. You would watch him. I think I mentioned in the last episode, I, I saw him skate at a practice once, and I was like, he can barely skate. What the fuck is happening? And, like, <laughs> And he just, he, he didn't do it. Everything was like instinctual. Like there was his, it was almost, you know, and I don't know how much of this is actually true, but watching it felt like his technique was all instinctual and, and, and like not, not through like, he didn't, as far as I know, no one coached him to do what he did. He just did it. You know, I mean, maybe, maybe he was coached somewhere in the Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia by, by somebody uh, who who helped him figure it out? I don't know, but like if you compare the way he played to other goalies, you know his, what he did wasn't replicable. You know, it was just this thing that he he knew how to do. And like you know, there's been other goalies who were like that over time, but like most goalies, you know, were like you know they were stand up or they were butterfly or you know whatever, and they had a specific style and they were all these yeah. things that they did. And he just flopped. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, the the thing was he he did play a fair bit of butterfly, but sort of in the way that Brodeur sort of did too, where he's like, I'm, I'm going to hybrid this 
Yeah. But I'm also just going to do, you know, whatever needs to be done to make the save. And he played yeah. so far back in his net most of the time that a lot of bucks that no other goalie even has a chance to stop, he'd managed to get a toe yeah. on it. Um, it was really sort of interesting. It was just, it was such a different style. And I, you know, normally like you'd be like, okay, that goalie plays back more. So we just got to do this. And he would just get in shooters' heads, and there was just nothing you could do. Like you just could not score. Yeah, I mean he, I mean he, he had, in addition to having these really high save percentage, he also had. There were so many years we had a lot of shutouts, and you're just like, I mean, I don't know what thirteen, who the last goalie was to have thirteen shutouts before him, but it was probably. A, I'm actually gonna attempt to pull that up right now, just out of curiosity, while we're talking to see what that ranks all time. Cause I know there were some crazy, uh, there were some crazy shutout records in, uh, in the twenties, but anyway, yeah, I mean, I, I think it was just so, it was so unique in addition to being good that it was, it was really like, it was something to watch and it is hard to like, I, you know, uh, wah was, yeah. So his 13 shutouts, they were the most since 1970. That the one season in '98 and thirteen, no one had thirteen since 1970, which is it's a very long time, 28 years. Anyway, um, yeah, just like I don't know. I, I mean, I think you could make some kind of argument that Patrick Waugh's career was better because more championships. Waugh was always obviously very important in those championships, and you know he played longer and all stuff but like i i agree with you bill i think in terms of like of our lifetime he's the best at his peak he was the best goalie yeah ever yeah yeah well, and, that's why they called him the dominator right because he was dominant yeah. he could like every game you had to figure out how the heck you were going to score on the guy yeah absolutely so uh uh the guy who he couldn't replace on chicago was ed belfour um Interestingly enough, they're very close in age. Uh, Hashik is actually a couple of months older than Ed Belfour, though Belfour obviously joined the league sooner because Belfour was a college uh, amateur free agent and was, you know, the, uh, the Blackhawks figured out he was pretty good quickly. And then, of course, they finally got Hashik to come over uh, basically the same season that Belfour's career took off. Which was 1991, excuse me. So, um, Belfour uh, played for 17 seasons, 16 as a starter from 88 to 07. Um, he, uh, he's fourth all-time in wins. He's 12th all-time in losses, so that's good. He's 10th all-time in shutouts. He is uh, fifth all-time in games played, though. Um, and he is 10th all-time in uh, goalie point shares, um, and he is 16th all-time in goal save above average. He finished his career with a 906 save percentage and a 250 GAA, so way back of Hashik, which is not surprising. He also played way longer, obviously, um, and didn't retire in the middle. Uh, so we don't have a draft to talk about because, like I said, he was a uh, free agent. He he played in college, and um, I don't actually I didn't I don't think I looked to see whether he won anything in college, but Chicago grabbed him up. Yeah, yeah, he did. He um he won. So probably the reason Chicago went after him is that he was the starting goaltender on a uh, on a team that won the um the Frozen Four in '87. Um, 
anyway, so um, era-wise of the 410, sorry, the 20 goalies to play 410 games between 88 and 2007, he's not the best, but he's second in almost every category and first in a few. But he's 25th in GA and 10th in save percentage. So he played a lot. Uh, it's worth noting uh, he's second in shots against and third in saves. So he he faced a lot of pucks, even though he actually only led the league in saves in shots against and saves once. But I guess because he played so long, um, that that's why he's got you know second in in total shots against. Yeah. Um, an 82 game average of 28, 19, and 7 with five shutouts, which is pretty good. His peak, which came at the beginning of his career when he was, you know, the, the star, uh, sort of out of nowhere star for the Blackhawks, um, an 82 game average of 35, 18, and 9, five shutouts, 904 save percentage, which doesn't sound good, but of course it was the early 90s, and a 243 GAA, which for the time was quite good. Though obviously those numbers pale in comparison to Hashik, whose peak was a little later. Yeah. Playoffs wise, he is fourth in wins, third in losses, uh, sixth all time in shutouts, twentieth all time in playoff save percentage. So that's a lot better than his regular season. Two seventeen GAA, um, and uh, third all time in games played. And when you adjust for era, he is the fifteenth best goalie in terms of goals against average, and he is the twenty-fourth best goalie in terms of save percentage. So, you know, he is a top fifteen or top twenty-five goalie all time if you adjust for era. So again, not Hashik, but like still pretty good. Yep. Yeah. Still, Two still very good. <laughs> yes, still very good. Still very good. Uh two Vesnas, uh ninety-one, ninety-three, uh top five in Vesna voting another five times, so that's a fair amount. Um third Three, uh, Ford Jennings, which ties him for the third most ever, and also the Calder, because you know he sort of came out of nowhere. He finished. I forgot to actually mention the year he won the Calder. He also came in third in heart voting, wow. um, ninety-one. So goalie, a goalie finishing third in heart voting in the highest scoring era ever, or something. Um, unlike Hashik, he was never the best player overall by point shares, but he was the best goalie in nineteen ninety-one. His his best season was his first full season in the league. <laughs> Which is funny. Um, and then he played for another 16. Um, he is uh, he's one of only 13 goalies to have 40 wins twice. He's one of five goalies to have 35 wins seven times. He is uh, one of only nine goalies to lead the league in shutouts at least four times. Hashik is obviously one of those players. He is one of only six goalies to have five shutouts at least six times. Um, some other stuff. He had a GAA under two twice, one of only 22 goalies. Um, he uh, he had a plus 40 goal saved above average once, which is only one of 22. He had plus 25 times, one of only 12. So he's in a less exclusive club than Hashik, basically. When you adjust for his peak, his peak adjustment, he is ninth all-time in save percentage and 13th all-time in goals versus average. So he's either a top 10 or top 15 goalie at his peak, which is pretty good. That's all time. That's not for an era. Um, also, it's worth noting that before he was in the NHL, he was in the IHL, a defunct um, minor league. And uh, I remember the IHL. I don't remember Belfort being in it. <laughs> yeah, well, br- briefly. And I mean, you were you were seven. So, yes, you know. to be fair. Yeah. Um, he was a first team all star in the IHL, and he also won the Rookie of the Year award. Which I did not know before I, I was doing this. Um, 
And he also, in college, he was a conference first-team All-Star and a second-team All-American, whatever that means. So, you know, even in amateur and minor league, he was a a star before he made it to the NHL. So, um, he was the best, you could argue, he was the best player on the the Dallas Stars that lost the cup final uh, in 2000. Um, He led the playoffs in... uh, in uh, total saves, total shots against total saves and shutouts, um, as well as in losses, but that's because he was in the finals. Um, he uh, he was the best player. You could also argue on a uh, Dallas Stars team that went to the conference finals in '98. You could argue the same of a Blackhawks uh, team that, uh, uh, yes, team that went to the '95 uh, conference finals. And then he didn't have quite as dominant a performance when the Blackhawks went to the Cup in 92, or uh, as Bill mentioned, um, or uh, when uh, the, the Stars won in 99. He he uh, led the playoffs in wins and minutes that year, but he didn't um, you know, lead in any of the other categories. Uh, he did win a gold medal technically, though I don't think he played a single game at the 2002 Olympics. And because uh, he was the third string goalie after uh, it was supposed to be jo- jo- Joseph Broder Belfort and being Belfort Joseph Broder because Joseph as the as we talked about last episode. Um, and then he was also a uh, the third string goaltender on uh, um, the Canna Cup champion in '91. So that sucks for him, eh? He's got a gold medal and he's got a Canada Cup and he didn't play a game in either of them. Um, <laughs> So he's got. He's probably. He probably hides those. Uh, <laughs> I bet he doesn't. I bet you they're sitting around at his house. Yeah, probably. Um, and then of course he, like I said a moment ago, he was the starting goaltender on a uh, team that won the NCAA hockey championship in '87. A team called the Fighting Sioux. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, North Dakota, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I believe they uh, have since changed the name. I think they're the Fighting Hawks now, or something like that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I think uh, I think Jonathan Taves played for them as well. Okay. Um. So the question is really, where does he rank with the three goalies we talked about last episode, right? Walbrook yeah. and Joseph. And I think you know, obviously, Wall is number one. Yeah. Um, Broder has the longevity. And the impressive, the thing that Broder has is longevity, wins, and puck handling, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that Joseph has that uh, that Belfort doesn't, because I think you could argue quite strongly, and, and I mean, the Hall believes this because Belfort's in the Hall, that Belfort had the overall better career, uh, especially because he won a Stanley Cup. But what Joseph has that Belfort doesn't is the three seasons of, like, outright or two to three seasons of outright dominance as possibly yes. the best goalie in the league um despite not being on a great team defensively particularly whereas Belfour has that once he has his 91 season is like you know is 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 a great season and then like 92 93 was joseph and then like you know shortly thereafter hashik had his like six um anyway so that's the big question about who is better uh, because Belfour, you know, 
um, he didn't quite know when to retire. He came back after the lockout and had a not good year with yeah. Panthers, but then figured it out and retired, whereas Joseph definitely didn't know when to retire. Um, yes. And arguably, you know, obviously uh, Belfort had more team success um, in the playoffs. So I don't know. It's it, it's it's a tricky one. Um, I I I sometimes forget how how uh, how great uh, Belfour was. Because um, I remember last episode we were talking about Joseph, and then I watched some of his highlights, and I'm just like, oh man, Joseph is way better than Belfour. And then I'm like starting to think about it now, and I'm like, yeah, maybe not. Um, he, he was uh, you know D- Dallas played sort of the the same style as Jersey did. Um, in fact, meeting in a cup final against them. And it's so, so you're like, okay, well, may, was he really that good or was the team around him? But he was that good when he was in Chicago in what was not the dead puck era. And that was his best stretch where, you know, he's a very athletic goalie. Um, so, you know, he, he sort of, you know, he was able to thrive with a couple of different teams and have, you know, make it all the way to the cup finals at least three times. And, and I'm obligated to point out that when he came to the Leafs at the end, he was. People thought that was not going to work out. Yeah. And he ended up being like he. Listen, I'm not. He was not amazing, but he finished third in Vesna voting in his first season in Toronto. Whether or not that's legit, and yeah. he was uh, quite serviceable in his first two seasons. The third season was a fucking disaster. But his first two seasons, he was like, he was great. And, yeah. you know, and this is after he'd had a bad couple years at the end of his, uh, end of his Dallas years, right? Like his, like, second, his last season in Dallas is, is almost as bad. In fact, he seems to have, yeah, it was, it was as bad, almost as bad as the last Leaf season, if not worse. And, uh, because he played more games, but like he did, he had a brief career resuscitation, which, you know, there's no reason why anyone should have been watching those Leafs teams. I'm not <laughs> saying anyone should have, but I just wanted to mention that. Like he, you know, he had ten, he had ten shutouts for the Leafs in 2004. You know, he was, he was not, he had a 9.18 save percentage in 2004, 9.22 in 2003. Yeah, there's not, yeah. So there's not like that's. He was good. That's good. Just, yeah, yeah. He just wasn't elite, but he was good. Yeah. Well, actually, fifth. fifth in save percentage in 2003. So, so yeah, that's like, especially as his career is getting older, like that's yeah. pretty remarkable, you know? Yeah. 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 Cause he's like 37 or something. Yeah. Anyway, I, I, I like Joseph more, but that's cause I was more impressionable when Joseph. <laughs> yeah. He's flat, he's, he, like he, we were still, we were still a bit young when Belfort was, you know, sort of making more acrobatic saves. Um, and, and when, by the time he was with, um, with Dallas, we didn't like Dallas. So we automatically sort of maybe didn't give him the credit he deserved. I mean, th- that team was like a lockdown team. You get maybe 18 shots a net on, uh, on their net every night, but yeah. you know, anytime you did get a good scoring chance, Belfort was usually there. So that's why they're so frustrating to play against. Um, but I, I just, Joseph saves, I think we just remember him more fondly. Yeah. Um, and maybe you know maybe he's made some some bigger saves that live in our memory like that you know the seventh game in overtime save he made to keep uh, keep Belfour's uh, Belfour's team out of it. <laughs> yeah. So and, and you know the the forty eight saves when he was in St Louis against uh, I think that was against Toronto or maybe Detroit. 
Um, well, like he's had some remarkable performances, and he was he was really I think he was more fun to watch than Belfour. Um, yeah. But I think that's only because we, you know, I wasn't watching the Blackhawks play in 91, 92, 93 when he was, you know, one of the best young goalies in the NHL. That's yeah. just not what he's doing. That. I sure I watched the, you know, when he made it all the way to the cup final and that kind of stuff, but wasn't sort of really on my radar. And the only highlight saves I saw him make were from watching Rock Sockham. We just yeah. didn't get games like that all the time. And I yeah. was, you know, I was starting to get pretty hockey nuts at that point. So I remember seeing him occasionally, but just, you know, when, by the time Joseph was sort of doing his thing, we're talking like 96, 97, you know, we're in high school. So we have way clearer memories of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I think like, that influences it a lot. It absolutely does. And I think like, safe to say like overall career, Belfour had a better career. But I do think that, like, the peak of Joseph's that I also didn't watch, the, the St. Louis years, is perhaps a little better, depending on what metric you choose, of course. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I mean, I, I think, you know, I'm trying to not be a homer, even though they both played for the Leafs. Obviously, <laughs> I'm a more of a Cujo fan because of when I was a, I was a teenager, you know? Um, yeah. And, like... That that team had only so many players you could get excited about, <laughs> you know. That is true. There's like Mats and Cujo and like a few other people, depending on what you're talking about. Um, anyway, uh, like I think I I would probably, if there's a gun to my head, I'm probably gonna rank Bell for higher career-wise. But I do wonder, like I I think so. It's it's so hard because some of this is luck, right? And like Bell for lucked out to to sign he signed with a team after he left i totally forgot he was ever on the black uh, the sharks i mean um yeah, but after, <laughs> after he left the sharks after his brief you know chicago was very far-sighted now everybody does this but in 1997 they traded him because he was going to be an unrestricted free agent and so they wanted to get stuff back for him so they traded him for a Chris Terreri, uh, Ulf Dahlen, probably quite old Ulf Dahlen, and uh, Peter Sikora's brother? Um, so they didn't get much out of it, but, like, uh, you know, it doesn't look like, just to Sikora, it doesn't look like he's actually related to him. Anyway, um, <laughs> a, a, a Michael Sikora. Anyway, um, they traded him, like, in January, you know, when he was going to be a free agent. And anyway, so I bring it up just because then Belfour went and signed with Dallas, which is a team, as you said, Bill, was, like, designed to succeed in that era and did. And Belfour had something to do with it, but he also benefited from a system in a way that, like, Cujo never had a team. Like, the the Blues, the Oilers, and the Leafs of the 90s and two, early 2000s were not teams that had defensive systems that were going to, you know. Now, on the other hand, as we talked about last episode, Cujo may have not done well in that kind of setting because we both felt like he was a goalie who required a lot of action. Um, so I don't know. Uh, I think if I'm, I think I have to write rank Belfour higher than him, but I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, same here. I'm, I'm totally on the same thing with you. I'd, I'd rather give it to Cujo, but I don't think I can. <laughs> yeah. So uh, lastly, um, we have... Uh, Rogi Vachon, who was inducted in 2000, what did I say, 14 or 16? 16, I think. Yes, 16. And 
if memory serves, was at the time quite a controversial inductee because it was the he was the first goalie in a little while, and he was a goalie who played, you know, he had retired in 82. So it had been 20, 30, sorry. I can't do math. Uh, it had been 34 <laughs> years, and suddenly he was inducted. It was a little, there's there's lots of instances of this. And I remember people getting a little mad about this, and I didn't know anything about him because, of course, he retired when I was one. So, um, in fact, no, I was zero. I wasn't even one yet when he retired. He probably retired right before I was born. You might have been born when he was retired, but barely. <laughs> anyway, this is not a goalie that either of us watched because, um, like I said, for those reasons. And he was, of course, a backup. Famously, he was a backup who only ever once had the starter job for the Habs before he moved to L.A., where he became um, a fame, like a, a, a goalie, an acclaimed goalie on a really bad team. Um, yeah which is where the big question is. And then he also briefly played for Detroit and Boston at the end of his career when he was, you know, not doing so well. So uh, he played for 16 seasons from 66 to 82. 11 of those as a starter and three is what we might call the 1A. Um, he has 353 wins, which was fifth all time in his retirement. Now it's 21st. He was also fifth in losses as retirement. He's now 18th. He was seventh in uh, ties at his retirement. He's now 10th. He was 17th all-time in shutouts at his retirement. He's no longer in the top 25. Um, he's also 7th in games played at his retirement, 18th now. 5th in the goalie point shares at his retirement. He is now 15th, and he has only 95 goals saved above average. Let's compare that to Belfour. Belfour had, I don't know, uh, i got to look, i got to find it, um, 174. And, uh, and, and Hashik had 413, so... At least by goal save above average, he's not in the same class at all. His GAA is high; it's three. But you got to remember, he played most of his career in the post-expansion craziness, and and his last couple seasons came when the league was exploding in offense like crazy because of the merger. And his so the same thing goes with his 8.96 save percentage. Uh, I will tell you what the adjusted ones are in a moment. He was also undrafted, um, but that he was. He was signed in the early days of the draft. So my guess is Quebec, uh, sorry, the Habs were doing their like territory thing still a little bit, which is because uh, he's French. Yeah, well, it's, it, it's interesting. Everybody kept saying that, but I think uh, they actually only used it like once or twice uh, okay. to, like, over, to overrule somebody. But I yeah. think what a lot of people would say is that, uh, yeah, well, teams wouldn't bother selecting a Quebec player because they thought they might get overruled. Yeah. Well, it's also possible they just the only people who knew about him because yeah, he is from he is from the middle of fucking nowhere. I'm just looking <laughs> it up right now. He's from a place called Pamarol or something like that, and it is. I'm gonna zoom out and tell you in a second if Google Maps would load better. Um, it is uh, north of Rouen, Noranda. Whoa. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so for those of you listening to this who don't know anything about Canada, this place is like, I don't know, what, an eight, ten hour drive from Montreal? Oh, yeah, easily ten. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to Google map it right now because uh, why not? We have the technology. Um, this says eight, eight hours. But 
that's probably assuming first of all it's assuming no. traffic in montreal which is not true and secondly um it's it's probably assuming like good weather conditions which of course at this time yeah. later not possible. so yeah. um so it's possible that the reason he, w- he went to the junior canadians uh because nobody else knew about him and then he was on the junior canadians so the the have saw him anyway they signed him and uh he became their backup um of the 11 goalies to play at least 410 games between uh, 66 and 82, uh, Vachon is all over the place. Uh, he's second in wins, first in losses, second in goals against total, second in shots against. So he saw, as you would expect any goalie for the LA uh, Kings in the 70s, he saw a lot of rubber. Um, he is sixth in save percentage and eighth in goals against average. So that paints him as only one of the top 10 goalies of the era, but he's fourth in shutouts. And second in goals in goalie point share, worth noting. He played a lot. Um, his 82 game average is 22, 18, and 1, which is very close to 500. Um, very, very close to 500, but has a lot to do with the fact that he played for the Kings for uh, 100. Like, his most games were for the Kings, right? He played 170 yeah. games for the Kings, 108 for Montreal, and then 30 for Detroit, and 44 for Boston. Yeah, well, it's, it's one of these things like, you know, I, I always used to hear Don Cherry mention Rogie Vashon. A lot of people talk about him. And I think when you're a good goalie on a bad team, there's a certain romanticism of you like trying to single-handedly keep your team in the game or save the day. There's oh, yeah. a certain yeah. element of that that plays in. And maybe that's the, maybe more than the stats, maybe that's the sentiment that, get, that gets him. Well, out, you know? yeah, it's possible. It's possible. I, I do think if you look at his, like, his career he was at least by like counting stats when he retired he was one of the top the 10 best goalies ever now that's counting stats if you yeah. go by the averages not so much yeah. um, which is you know something that we should always look at with goalies uh his peak was when he was on the habs from 74 to 77 his his numbers improved drastically 29 19 and 10 so that's a lot better than his uh 22 18 and 1 six shutouts a season so that's pretty good uh, 907 save percentage, which, you know, it was the seventies. So keep in mind that, you know, it wasn't the not early nineties, but 907 is still, it's, it's okay for the air. Um, and then a 269 GAA and then a 25 goal saved above average, which is quite good. It's not, it's not Hashik good and it's not Belfort good, but those guys were getting shelled. Um, it is still, it, there's nothing, it's, it's respectable to put him out of so playoffs, he was actually 16th all time in wins at his retirement, and he was 11th all time in playoff save percentage. Now some of that comes from the fact that save percentage was not tracked before 1960. So presumably, you know, Turk Broda, uh, George Hainsworth, um, you know, all the all the great goalies of the, the pre like early original six and pre original six, they don't qualify for that. So keep that in mind. He was only 25th in uh, in goals against average in the playoffs, 25th all-time at his retirement. And get this, only two shutouts in 48 games, whereas he had, like, plenty of regular season shutouts. So that's something. And then uh, if we adjust for era, um, he's a 2.75 GAA and 907 save percentage do not put him on any uh, top leaderboards. So... That's worth noting. Um, he was he came in uh, second in heart voting in 
1975, which was his best season. They, it's one of the times that like the the writers didn't go crazy because yes, they voted for a goalie for the heart, which I don't like, but it was his the best season of his career, like hands down. Um, and then he also came in third in heart voting in in uh, 77. Uh, he won the Vesna when it was the Jennings in 1968 as the uh, the second of two goalies on the Habs. The first one was Gump Worsley. Yeah, the Gumper. Yes, it was it was Gump Worsley. Um, so he was the backup at the time when he won the Jennings. It's worth noting. Or the Vesna, I'm sorry. Um, he was never the best goalie in the league by goalie point shares, but he was top five eight times, uh, top ten, 11 times. He was also a top ten five player by point shares in three separate seasons. Um, he he was top 10 in, in wins, believe it or not, he was top 10 in wins 13 times, which is ninth most ever. So despite being on a really shitty team, he still managed to have some wins. Um, he uh, he had, uh, he was top 10 in, in shutouts 12 times, which is the ninth most ever. He was also a uh, top five in, in shots against seven times one of only seven goalies ever so he got shelled and top 10 in shots against 10 times which is one of only nine goalies ever uh saves it's the exact same thing um and then there's not a lot else to point out except for that his 1974-75 season is one of the best seasons in the history of uh of goalies by hockey references goal saved above average measure oh my he had he had uh, 61 goals saved above average. But here's the important thing to notice about this: all the goalies who were ahead of him on that leaderboard who had better seasons, every single one of them, those best seasons occurred between 74 and 76. So clearly, something about the calculation favors goalies who played in the mid 70s. Yeah. So it's po- it's possible that it was one of the best seasons ever by a goalie. It's also possible that there's some kind of thing that the calculation is not capturing. Like there is some kind of increase in shots or, or something like that that skews the data. Um, if you if you do the peak adjustment that uh, Hockey Future does, uh, his save percentage, he's, he's actually 20th all time in peak save percentage which is something that's definitely something to think about. And then uh, goals versus average, he's 27th all time. So better than you might've guessed from some parts of his resume. And then he has, he has um, fairly little NHL success, but he has a very important uh, other international success, which is, I think, Bill, one of the reasons why you've heard Don Cherry mention him so many times. So first <laughs> off, he was the starter um, on uh a, a champion. He won in in '69. He was the starter for the Habs. He led the playoffs in save percentage with a ridiculous 9.53, and he led playoffs in GAA with 1.42. But get get this. Here's the crazy thing. Despite those crazy numbers, and I'm I like this. Is, I'm double checking it just to make sure. Worsley played in seven games. He played in eight. And so I think what happened. I don't. I was not alive. I think what happened is Worsley must have been the starter for the first seven games, or or close to it, and lost his job to Vachon because Vachon clearly has the better numbers by a landslide, but Vachon didn't play. You know, he he didn't play seven of the fifteen games, despite being way better. So you got to think. Yeah. The job, right? Yeah. 
also they were 16 years apart in age oh my (laughs) so he also uh was the starter on the the habs in 67 uh when they lost to the leafs the last time the leafs won a cup (laughs) insert jokes here oh uh, by the way it's it's worth noting that must have really peeved off a lot of montreal people because uh that was during the that was that was during Expo '67, so they had to yeah. bring the cup all the way over to the like the Ontario tent. <laughs> <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is another one of those weird things where Vashon and Worsley were splitting time. Uh, Worsley only played in two games, but had way better numbers in those two games than Vashon did. So who the hell knows what was going on? It could be that Worsley just got hurt. It could. You know, Worsley was the starter, then he got hurt, and then uh, they didn't win the cup. And then he also he won a cup in '68 when he was the backup to Worsley uh, as well. So the real reason probably that Don Cherry talks about him and the reason why people probably inducted him is that in 1976 Canada won the first ever Canada Cup and the goalie was Rogie or Rogie. He was the MVP, the tournament all-star. He led the tournament in wins, minutes, shutout, save percentage, and GAA. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was like a six-game tournament, but, or whatever it was. But, uh, like, I think he is probably, to people who watch that, he is probably indelibly stuck in everyone's mind for that performance. And that was, right, that was like, in the prime of his career, right? That was one year after his best-ever season when he finished second in the heart voting. So there was a brief time where he was probably considered one of the best goalies in the world, if not the best Canadian goalie, even though Ken Dryden existed. Um, I mean, I have no idea. What do, what do you think? Um, I, it's, it's hard to say without having seen him play, but I don't see a reason that he shouldn't be in. I'm just wondering what the hell took so long. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason would be that if you look at if you look at his actual stats, he had one fantastic year and one fantastic playoff, fairly far apart, seven years apart, and otherwise was among the better goalies in the league, but may not have been like you know Tony Esposito and Ken Dryden. And then earlier in his career, Jacques Plant um, were the best goalies in the league. And so I think the case against him is that he was never actually the best goalie in the league. I'm not sure that's a good enough case because we're inducting, we've inducted guys who were not the best goalie in the league, you know, throughout the history of the hall. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure I would boot him out, but I can, I, I'm not so mystified because I think it really depends how much you wait, like, you know, the, the Canada Cup and uh, and that one season. You know, like the second time he finished we, he finished in heart voting, there's no reason why he, he should have been third in heart voting in 77, as far as I can tell. It's just like, I don't know what was going on. He was, I'm going to look at the, the NHL stats this year, but I don't think he was like close to the best goalie. Yeah. Let me just bring that up here. Uh, yeah, he was like the fourth best goalie. <laughs> but for some reason, <laughs> no. Now, his other year, he was the best goalie. But, like, yeah, he was fourth. By both goals saved above average and point shares, he was the best, the fourth best goalie in, in 77, but came in third in hard voting. Who knows? 
anyway, maybe the Kings had a better performance uh, overall as a team than than uh, anyway. I don't know. I mean, I like you said, it's hard. It's hard not having seen him play. Um, but like certain things are not kind to him, right? Like, and then other things are. Like if you look at his like total goals saved above average for his career, it's not. It's not good. On the other hand, I mean, it's 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 positive, but like most players are positive. But like on the other hand, you look at the his adjusted, the adjustment for his peak, and it says he's one of the twenty or thirty best goalies ever. So I don't know. It's fine that he's in, I guess. It is. The Hall has relatively few goalies. And the big question is, should the skaters be more similar? Like, should the skater club be more exclusive, like the goalie club? Or should the goalie club be more inclusive, like the skater club? And I know where I stand philosophically on that, but I'm not sure I stand in the same position when it comes to practicalities, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to say, right? Like, like it feels on the one hand, it feels like you know it would be nice to have a more exclusive hall. On the other hand, they have they've lowered the standard so much for um, skaters. Why why are goalies getting fucked over by that? <laughs> yeah, know? completely right. Yeah, why why the elite only the elite goalies get in, but they're letting in you know some they're letting in Kevin Lowe. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> It doesn't. It, that part doesn't make any sense to me. Anyway, I, I get. I think I, I'm. I have no. I cannot muster enough to like object to this. I think he was probably one of the better goalies of his era. It, it certainly had an all-time season, as far as I can tell, in 1975, and yeah. also had a great all-time international performance. Like, I think if I, if I just before we go, if I just pull up his, um, his international, his performance in that tournament. It was really, uh, it was really something. Like he, so let me let me find. Sorry, just bear with me. So he he obviously had the most uh, wins because they won the tournament, but he had a 940 save percentage. The next best goalie was a, a guy I've never heard of for the Czech, Czechoslovakia. He had 920. Trediak had a 912, so he outplayed Trediak. Um, and then wow. he had a 139 GAA. The next best GAA was 236. Man. Um, he had two shutouts. A couple goalies had one. He basically he outplayed, you know, he outplayed everybody. And and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's possible that uh, that's a big reason, or a big part of it. You know, it's like it's only seven games, but like he outplayed somebody who some people think is the best goalie in history. Um, and so I think that's got a lot to do with why he is so well regarded in some circles anyway yeah i am uh, whatever he's in it's fine <laughs> <laughs> our most blase ending ever eh, whatever he's in we're good i mean it just like you like you often say bill about old timers it feels like there's not enough evidence to say absolutely not yeah you know um i'm inclined to think that anyone who had a a Anyone who's had at least one season where they were the best goaltender in the NHL, especially post expansion, yeah, kind of feel like they should get some consideration. You yeah, know? you at least think about it, you know. And it's like, especially if uh, you know the rest of their career is pretty remarkable. It's like, well, you know, and then and then you throw in the Canada Cup performance, and you're like, well, there's there's something to this, uh, 
And not to mention the 953 save percentage in the uh, in the 1969 playoffs. Yeah. 953 is bad shockers. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know where that ranks all time in terms of uh, save percentage performances in the playoffs, but it's going to be way way up there. Yeah. Very high. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So okay. So Hashik, we are saying. I think we're saying he's the, he's the best we've ever seen. Yes, yes. I, I, I think that's what we're saying. I think, uh, um, yeah, I mean, we can't, who hell knows about, like, Dryden and Plant and guys before that. Yeah. Um, all right, at Belfour, we are saying maybe the third, depending on where you define the era, the third or fourth best goalie of his era, I guess. Yep. Yeah, but it's a, it's a remarkable era for goalies, too, so. Um, yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. Um, and and as we we decide what we're going to say about Vachon, I'm trying to just see where his 953 ranks. Um, just give me a moment. Uh, well, Bernie Perron had a 960 the year before, but other than that, the next the next person to have uh, Hashik had a 950 in 94. And Marty Turco, of all people, had a 952 in 2007. But basically, I mean, that's only leaders, right? It's possible guys, like somebody had a 950 in, in 68 too, and Bernie Perron had the 962. But like, it's basically, at least in terms of leading the playoffs in save percentage, it's the best of the leaders. It's the second best in the history of the NHL. So anyway. Something uh, else. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think he clearly had some. He seems like his like he had some times when he was just a. It's it's almost like his peaks were like he was the best goalie in the world, but he wasn't yeah. all. You know, like sometimes he was just a goalie. Yeah. Looks like, but anyway, I I mean, it seems reasonable that he's in the. I think so too. That's a, a, a sort of a little bit like maybe of like what Belfort's career was like, like always solid but had these peaks where he was pretty unbelievable so yeah yeah all right well that's it for this episode um and we will be back to a slightly more traditional format in the next episode but we still haven't quite worked that out yet so uh tune in then to see what the hell we're we'll be talking about dick duff that's all i know dick duff and somebody else (laughs) we have to work it out so uh thanks again for listening and we will see you next time